Welcome to a day of prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Together, let's engage in relationship with Christ through prayer, faith, and His Word. Good morning and welcome everybody. You're listening to Dare Prayer's Morning Bible Study. We're so glad you can join us. Before we get into the Word, let's pray. Mm-hmm. Lord, we just thank you, Lord. We just thank you that you are our pleasant, Lord, and that you give us joy in our lives, Lord. Even though we may go through tough situations, Lord, that there's joy in our hearts, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you for the fruits of the Spirit, Lord, and we just thank you for the Holy Spirit in our lives, Lord. And that he works and ministers with us, Lord, and that you send us to help us, guide us to walk in the straight and narrow, Lord. Not on the broad path that leads to destruction, Lord, but the way that leads to you, Lord. Lord, we also just thank you for the people who are here, Lord, and that we can all have fun and discuss your word, Lord, and that is more than just a service, Lord, but that it's a conversation and that you are in here, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, welcome, everybody. We're continuing our series on the Lord's house, and we're continuing our discussion on the law of the temple, which we find on a couple places, but we've been looking over Ezekiel 43. So could I get a volunteer to read the first 12 verses of Ezekiel 43, please? I will. All right, I promise. Afterward, he brought me to the gate, the gate that faces towards the east. And behold, the glory of the God of Israel came from the way of the east. His voice like the sound of many waters and the earth shone with his glory. It was like the appearance of the vision which I saw, like the vision which I saw when I came to destroy the city. The visions were like the visions which I saw by the river Sebar, and I fell on my face. And the glory of the Lord came into the temple by the way of the gate which faces towards the east. The Spirit lifted me up and brought me into the inner court, and behold, the glory of the Lord filled the temple. Then I heard him speaking to me from the temple while a man stood beside me. And he said to me, Son of man, this is the place of my throne and the place of the soles of my feet, where I dwell in the midst of the children of Israel forever. No no more shall the house of Israel defile my holy name, nor they, nor their kings by the hollow tree or the carcasses of their kings on their high places. When they set their threshold by my threshold and their doorpost by my doorpost, with the wall between them and me, they they defiled my holy name by the abominations which they committed. Therefore, I have consumed them in my anger. Now, now let them put their hollow tree in the carcasses of their kings far away from me, and I will dwell in their midst forever. Son of man, describe the temple of the house of Israel, that they may be ashamed of their iniquities, and let them measure the pattern. And if they are ashamed of all that they have done, make known to them the design of the temple and its arrangements, its exits and its entrances, its entire design, all its ordinances, all its forms and all its laws. Write it down on their sight so that they may keep its whole, keep its whole design and its ordinances and perform them. This is the law of the temple. The whole area surrounding the mountaintop is most holy. Behold, this is the law of the temple. <laughs> Amen. So, as is our normal, I'll say, custom here, I want to open the floor up because I want to give everyone the opportunity to, 
to share what the Holy Spirit is speaking and ministering to you and to ask any questions that you have. All right. Okay. okay. So who would like to begin? Okay. Um, I just need promises, hope. Uh, there's a scripture in Proverbs promising, you know, where it's talking about if a child left by himself will... Okay, well, promise finds that I'm going to just discuss what the Lord is speaking to me. And like I was saying, and the Lord should show me another aspect of verse 8, and the Lord was just reminding me here is that with the wall, it just reminded me of that scripture and how they separate themselves from seeing the Lord and viewing Him correctly and putting him before their eyes daily so they transgress his judgment it's like that scripture if a child is left by himself he's going to be doing all sorts of evil and wicked things so the lord is just showing here is that we are children of god but when we refuse to meet with god and fully be his children and try to go off and do our own thing this is what relates we are, are sure to commit abominations you can't be following the lord without jesus there's no lord i'm following you without you that does not exist. It's an impossibility. <laughs> so the Lord is saying here is that with the wall, it was their mindset of saying, okay, Lord, I'm going to do what you told me to do previously. I'm not going to do what you say now. I'm just going to follow the Ten Commandments, at least attempt to follow them. So that created an aspect in their lives where they fell short, which we all fall short of. Mm-hmm. But they fell short and then they were given over to their own depravity and what they considered what they wanted to do. Mm-hmm. It's similar to what you and mommy tell us all the time and saying that you, we have a perspective of, okay, I want to do this and I want to do that. But when you get to do it, it's not everything you desire and it moves on. There's never a point where you're satisfied. You're never quite satisfied with what you have unless the Lord is the one who fills you. Promise, have you found the scripture yet? Yes, it's Proverbs 20, 29, 15. Okay, do you mind reading that, please? Yes. The rod of rebuke give wisdom, but a child left himself brings shame to his mother. Is it the one you were looking for, darling? Yes. Okay. That is. Thank you, sweetheart. And, oh, yes. Thank you, Promise. Mm-hmm. You're welcome. So, the Lord is just saying that what, what the when we're children of the Lord, we have to be willing and able to receive the correction that he gives us so that way we can actually be children. Mm-hmm. It's not just, okay, Lord, I'm child in name, but I don't do anything you say. That's not a family, nor is it a child. A child is someone who is obedient to their parents and <coughs> listens to what they're trying to teach them and impart to them. Okay. Excuse me. Down the wrong pipe. Good to go. <laughs> <laughs> For everybody who can't see, John just had a sip of his coffee and it went down the wrong way. Sure did, <laughs> so. yes. So forgive me. <laughs> this is random coffee. Creating a, a lot of havoc here. Yeah. <laughs> Man. Uh, so continue. God, please. Receive my love. That was it. Okay. Anyone else? Hmm. Okay, okay, I'll go. All right, I promise. Uh, the Lord's talking to me about Proverbs 12 where it says, This, this is the law of the temple. Ezekiel. Wait, sorry. 
Ezekiel 43, oh, I like, verse okay. 12. I was, yeah, okay. I was like, I don't remember that scripture. And <laughs> Go ahead, sweetheart. Where it says, this is the law of the temple. The whole area surrounding the mountaintop is most holy. Behold, this is the law of the temple. Okay. And so the Lord is talking to me originally uh, where it says the mountaintop is most holy. I originally didn't understand. I thought it was just a grammatical error. But the Lord tells us put there intentionally. He's Instead of saying it's holy, he said it's most holy, which means it's at a high level. And that it's not just faintly there that you can barely tell, but that's powerful. Mm-hmm. And how Lord, um, you and Mommy and Mr. Dean were talking about you being the temple of the Lord. Okay. And how with you being the temple of the Lord's, when people come to you, they're not just going to faintly feel the presence of the Lord. They're going to feel it powerfully. They're not going to go, what is this? I can barely <laughs> taste it. If you will. Amen. Well, that's how it was with Moses, right? And Yes. And the and all the prophets, right? Yes. All, all of the Lord's prophets that you read about, especially in the Old Testament and apostles and, and even his disciples in the New Testament, right? And not just them, but... All who serve him fully, right? Mm. That applies to every one of us. He's no respecter of persons. Mm. Anyone that chooses, that is willing to to hear him, right? His teaching. Yes. And follow it, they'll know, right? Whether it comes from God or the person speaking from themselves. One. And two, why was Christ given the Holy Spirit without measure? Because he was trusted and could be trusted with it. Okay. He did not come to do his own will, but the will of the Father. Exactly. Which made him trustworthy. When we are self-seeking, that means we're suiting our own purpose. And everything that God gives us, we're going to take it and try to use it for what we want. But God could give him every spiritual gift and use him without limitation because Jesus had boundaries and parameters on himself Mm -hmm. that did not allow him to use what God gave him for an ill-gotten or ill-suited purpose. Which goes back to what you were saying in the last episode, LaCharles, about putting boundaries or building up walls. Yes. So, something we must be wary of, right? Yes. Okay. Mm. What else, sir? I promise, Okay, sir. Lord, the Lord is just... Wait, one second. I have to find the scripture real quick. Okay, while you're thinking of that, that when you talked about people being able to smell us or taste us. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Amen. Um, I'll read verses 14 through 16. It says, But thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us spreads and makes evident everywhere the sweet fragrance of the knowledge of him. For we are the sweet fragrance of Christ, which ascends to God, discernible both among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the latter one, an aroma from death to death, a fatal offensive odor, but to the other, an aroma from life to life, a vital fragrance, living and fresh, and who is adequate and sufficiently qualified for these things. That was the amplified uh, translation. So go ahead. Go ahead, my uh, love. Okay, I found the scripture I was looking for. And the scripture is Proverbs 10. Verse 7, where it says, The memory of the righteous is blessed, but the name of the wicked will rot. 
Okay. Make the connection for us, darling. Yes, explain. Okay, and so the Lord is talking to me about with the righteous people. Whenever they leave, let's say, a place, the people are, they're still going to be, I'm not going to say red. We'll go with residue. Mm-hmm. There'll be a residue of them there. Mm. And how when some when some by righteous leaves, you're not gonna go, oh, I, woo, I barely made it out there alive. But it's gonna be, oh, I wish they came back again. Mm-hmm. Versus um the weekend man, the people could go, whenever they mention a name, they could go, oh yeah, that man. Mm. I wish he mm. never comes to my house. Mm-hmm. And how that remind me of. Further remind me of another scripture in Jeremiah with the two baskets of figs. There was one that was freshly ripe and good, and then there was one so bad it couldn't be eaten at all. Mm. Okay, so connect all those scriptures together for for the listeners, please, sir. Okay. And how, since we're the Lord's temple, wherever we go, that place around us becomes holy. Mm. And that it's n- not gonna. It's not gonna be wicked. Okay. It so, then. So so you're saying it should not be defiled then. Yes, it will well, not be defi- defiled. We should be to do. I'll say it in this way. We should do our part to maintain the holiness of that temple right yes to ensure that we are not doing anything that defiles that temple is that that what you're getting at yes okay good are you do you still have something to say my love my gas pedal's going (laughs) over here (laughs) yes i can tell (laughs) oh mommy you can go (laughs) you sure yes notice he didn't answer your question though (laughs) did you have more to share Oh, yeah, a little bit. I was okay, going to go finish ahead. connecting Jer- the Jeremiah scripture with the basket of... Okay. okay. Well, please do, sir. I'll wait. And <laughs> how with the... With the basket of good figs and the basket of bad figs, if someone eats the good figs, they're going to go, mm, I wish I could have that fig again or find another one like it. Versus the basket of bad figs, Someone's probably going to be throwing up. Mm. And inside of Jeremiah, you find it inside of Jeremiah 24, 8, where it says, And as the bad fig which cannot be eaten, they're so bad. Mm. Okay. And how, no matter how many, no matter what you do about the bad figs, they still can't be eaten. They're unedible. Okay. And also what caught my attention was with the scripture, um, was it inside of Corinthians? Second Corinthians, yes. Or the one that I read? Yes. Second Corinthians chapter 2. Where it said, fatal, and the Lord remind me of mines, and how they sent in birds to see, test if the air was correct, versus if it was fatal, and it would kill people. And so the Lord is comparing that with the, are you saying You're like the Mayan people? Mine. Coal mines. Coal mines. Okay, with the canaries to see. Okay. 
if it was safe to breathe the air. Okay. Go ahead, baby. Go ahead. And how when the air was fatal, the people would die. Well, mm-hmm. the bird would die. We'll go with the bird. But mm-hmm. if the air was all right, the people, the bird would keep flying around. Right. And so the Lord showed me that it should be the same with the righteous people. That, you know, when you spray a good for breathing the air and you smell and you go, yeah, I like this. It shouldn't be as soon as you go inside the presence of somebody. I'm not going to say it kills you, but you start feeling it. Okay, leaves a bad bad taste or bad feeling from from inhaling or smelling it or it's bothersome to you. Sure. Now is it. Now that's it. <laughs> God wants us to be a good representation of him. Yes. Right? So that yes. on every turn, we are not um, creating a stumbling block for those who can, should, and will be coming to Christ. We're not being offensive, so we're keeping them away from him. But we are letting the sweet fragrant aroma that God put on the inside of us arise before him so that God is pleased, but also whoever he wanted to draw through that aroma is able to come and partake of Mm -hmm. the kingdom of God and the glory of God and find their place in him. Now, for the people that are have determined and chosen to forsake God or reject him, we are going to be offensive. And God is not telling us to try to shape ourselves to please the person that has chosen to, to go to perdition, but we should still walk in love towards them. But for the ones that God will draw, let the aroma be what God wants it to be. And actually, in both cases, not us being man pleasers or people pleasers or anything of that nature, but let God be glorified in everything that we do everything we say and how we interact with other people and treat them and mm-hmm. live our lives before God. All right, honey, I saw you reading my notes over here. Oh, no. so. I was, I <laughs> looked over to make sure we, we didn't have the same places oh, bookmarked. Okay. So, okay. Um, something you said promise reminded me of, um, what a part of what our role here is on the earth. And there was a connection between the, the commission that God gave in Genesis before the flood and then gave it again after mm-hmm. the flood, but then also with the great commission mm-hmm. that we find um, in the, the last verses of the Gospels. I'm going to look at Matthew real, really quickly. And how when we bring ourselves and present ourselves as holy unto the Lord and we allow God to have his way in us, the process that the Lord is able to bring about through us carries out his will and it completes and finishes the will that he would have done through us as his temple in the earth as he would have it done. Uh, Let's look at Matthew 28 verses 18 through 20. And it says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, 
teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. And then coming back to Genesis chapter, chapter 1, verse 28. And it says, then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And later in chapter, I believe it's chapter two, that the Lord tells um, man and woman to tend and keep the garden, tend and keep what God gave them, but also spread his image over the earth. And that's the same thing that Jesus told us to do. Making disciples is spreading his image over the earth. And when we let the fragrance of God diffuse through us, our, our living being, everything that we do, and we're consciously aware of it, not thinking it's something that just happens without our diligent effort and partaking of it, but when we are focused on the kingdom of God coming and his will being done on earth as it is in heaven, then the earth will begin to look like him. And the having dominion and subduing it is reigning in our spiritual authority, taking authority over the wicked one. Because if you, were, if you think about it in the garden, the animals weren't afraid of Adam. He had no need to crush them. They were his pets all but, you know, he's walking next to them. Nobody was threatening. There's no snarling. There's no teeth coming to eat him. They are already subjugated to him they already knew his place and they knew their role so who would he be talking about but the adversary ruling over that and making sure the will and the plan of god because the adversary was there how did he get to the the serpent he was already lurking about he had already been kicked out of heaven but ruling over those things and causing the glory of god to go forth from this one place everywhere else and being a willing vessel for that not being sidetracked or swayed by doing our own will and seeking what we think is acceptable or good enough or a proper exchange for what God wants to be done. So coming back to um, Ezekiel 43 and the, the room where they put the walls up next to it and um, was that verse 8 that you were talking about, LaCharles? Yes. Um, but also connecting verse 12 as you were talking about promise. When we put barriers between ourselves and God, we make him common to us. We take him from being high and lifted up, glorious and elevated, and we go, okay, you, you come back down here. You're not good enough for that. You, you go in this place and you're just like everyone else or everything else to us. When God says, no, <laughs> he is the Lord our God. And he should be highly exalted, especially, especially in our perspective. He, he will get glory on his own. He knows how to do that. But for his people, his family, we should be looking at him with eyes that are adoring to him. We should be looking at him with special reverence, not terror as though he's going to hurt us because he's our father, but special reverence that we owe him a place of honor and we owe 
careful hearkening and diligence to the words that come out of his mouth, the ones that are spoken and written. Kamisha, we, we don't share that honor either. I think that's a, a big part of it. We're talking about the carcasses of the kings, mm-hmm. uh, that word that's used in the original text. You know, I got to get the yes, inner you do. That's all right. Go, <laughs> back, go back and look at it, but it, uh-huh. it also refers to images as well. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it it's most likely symbolic to say that you're holding esteem mm-hmm. previous kings, mm-hmm. and you're holding that esteem in the temple where I dwell alone. So mm-hmm. um, just kind of give us more perspective to that, and, and especially in light of what you were just saying. Amen. We don't mm-hmm. make him common. There is no one that we elevate to his place, and neither do we bring God down to a lower place. Mm-hmm. I, I like that because, you know, we especially as believers, we think of like King David and we, we have a, a place of honor in our heart for who he was. But wait a second, David was nobody without God. And we see, you know, maybe other pastors or teachers or prophets, or evangelists, et cetera, et cetera, that we go, man, look what they were able to accomplish. But they are no one and nothing without God, just like we are no one and nothing without him. And without him, we can do nothing. So I, I appreciate that, Dean. Keeping things in their proper perspective. Mm-hmm. Layla, anybody else have anything they want to say? Share? Um, I did. Okay, <coughs> well, go for it, darling. Um, when we were discussing in uh, Ezekiel 43 and the Lord was talking about his temple being holy and the whole mountaintop being holy, um, the Lord reminded me that it wasn't just for him. <coughs> Excuse me. It wasn't just for him that he was saying be holy, but it was also for our benefit. Um, you see in Joshua 7, when they were going into the land of promise and they had to defeat I, but Achan took of the cursed things and caused Israel to turn tail in front of their enemies instead of having the victory. Mm-hmm. Not just read it to you very quickly, just a few choice verses. <laughs> okay, thank you. Um, and it says... <laughs> oh yes it's verse four so about three thousand men went up there be- from the people but they fled before the men of Ai, and the men of Ai struck down about 36 men for they chased them from before the gate as far as shibarim and struck them down on the descent therefore the hearts of the people melted and became like water then Joshua tore his clothes and fell to the earth on his face before the ark of the Lord until evening, he and the elders of Israel. And they put dust on their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, Lord God, why have you brought this people over the Jordan at all to deliver us into the hand of the Amorites to destroy us? Oh, that we had been content and dwelt on the other side of the Jordan. O oh Lord, what shall I say when Israel turns its back before its enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land will hear it and surround us and cut off our name from the earth then what will you do for your great name so the lord said to joshua get up why do you lie thus on your face israel has sinned and they have also transgressed my covenant which i commanded them for they have taken some of the accursed things and they have both stolen and deceived and they also have put it among their own stuff Therefore, the children of Israel could not stand before their enemies, but turn their backs before their enemies because they have become doomed to destruction. Now, I'll just uh, stop right there for a moment. We as believers are not able to stand in the faces of our enemies when we are living 
unrighteously. And so for our own sake and our own protection, as well as the glorification of the Lord's name, we have to live righteously. <laughs> Mommy, how come that made you chuckle? Just because there's always a benefit to us in serving the Lord. Yes, we do it because God is worthy of it. But he's God without us. <laughs> he doesn't need so us to be benefits. who he is. But we certainly need him mm-hmm. to exist and to be who we are. Just to go, <gasps> we, we need the Lord. So I was just enjoying the, the beautiful benefit that we get from serving God and how it helps us to stand. Mm-hmm. And in that passage, when the Lord was talking to jo- Joshua, I almost said Joseph, but Joshua, he said, my people have broken my covenant. And it's God's covenant that we are kept safe and we're preserved because um, when we break it, we're the ones that fall into detriment and destruction and total ruin. And we are the ones that have to be fixed, not God. So the covenant was more for our benefit than it was for his. This is um, like a contractual agreement. I will do this for you, protect you, heal you, be all those things to you and for you if you will live for me and that's a small condition if you think about it in the grand scheme of things that god could have said you have to burn your body alive and then i'll put you back together afterwards he Mm -hmm. asked a small and easy thing of us to do really out of again all the things he could have picked and like um an example from my own life my parents asked me small things do your chores get straight a's that's pretty pretty simple well, even the straight a's <laughs> we we ask you to do your best mm-hmm. now yes. we know that your best each of each it's of straight you a's. is straight a's you the lord has blessed you and given you the capability and ability and and everything that you need <laughs> to do that so Correct. yes we're going to i'll say help push you or motivate you to do your best that's not our our demand Right, as straight yes. A's. If if your best was a C, okay, we would we would accept that because we know that's your best. But for you three that are sitting here, we know that's not the case, right? Yes. So of course, yes, it, it changes things, right? Do yes. we, what do we tell you all the time? Do everything in excellence unto the Lord. Mm-hmm. Yes, and so you ask us to do easy and simple things you're not asking us to build a house or go to work from before the light of day till way after the sun has set you didn't ask those things of us and neither is the lord he's not um asking us to toil and sweat and um be put under hard labor he's just simply asking us to live for him Mm -hmm. like oh i was just thinking of cain and abel and not bringing the best Mm. and knowing Mm. it we all know when we don't bring our best absolutely that's right yeah. That's right. I mean, the Holy Spirit illuminates that for us, but that's something that's built in us that God has given us the ability to, we know. Mm-hmm. That's right. We know. Anything is just, we're just lying to ourselves. You know. That's we, right. We know. You know. <laughs> that's right. Amen. Wow. And that's something. Amen. Amen to that. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there is a lot in what everyone has brought up. So let's pause there for today and we will resume it again tomorrow. Or at the next episode. All right? Okay. Can I get a volunteer to close out in prayer, please? I will. All right, Layla. Lord, we just thank you for today and for the garments of righteousness that you have clothed us with, Lord, that you have taken away our shame and uh, thank you, Jesus. our reproach among people, Lord, but you have 
made us able to stand tall with our heads high, Lord, with our shoulders back. And we are able to stand in the presence of our enemies because of you, Lord. And we know that we are nothing without you, Lord, and we have nothing without you. So we thank you for everything that you have given us, Lord. And we rejoice in your name, Lord, and we celebrate and we call you good and we call you faithful, Lord. Lord. And we thank you for your grace lord that covers us and the shield that you are to us lord that you keep everything that we commit to you god nothing is lost and nothing is broken lord and the peace that you have given us lord in our hearts lord when the world may be in utter chaos lord that you give us peace and you give us rest lord and you bring us into the land of goshen lord and into the land of promise overflowing with milk and honey lord and you fill us with all good things and satisfy us lord and bring our days to a close with the flourish lord and that you fill us with all your goodness lord and we see your salvation and we just thank you for our brothers and sisters in christ lord our partners and those listening to these podcasts lord and we ask that you will fill them with good things lord that their barns will be filled with plenty and their vats will overflow with new wine according to your word lord and so we just thank you for that today in jesus name amen Amen. in jesus name amen amen we love you god bless you and have a wonderful day Thank you for listening to A Day of Prayer. We trust the Lord that you are strengthened and encouraged in your relationship with Christ. Visit us on our website, adayofprayer.org, where you can check out our blog, find additional study resources, or shop the official A Day of Prayer store. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So until next time, Take care and God bless you.